I tend to be a sucker for those, that three pack of Persian donuts, man, at the end of the night. And I try to make them last at least a day, but let's just say, depends on the night, so. <laughs> if they got the Reese's Pieces on, I'm hitting them the right way. Oh, God, it's so good. It's naughty, man. You're listening to The Quick Cast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome into the QuickCast, the official podcast of Quick Trip. My name is Chris Calloway, and I'm joined today by country music singer, songwriter, and performer, Dan Lapine. Dan, welcome into the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great, Chris. Thank you for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I love Quick Trip, so I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. <laughs> you love Quick Trip so much that... Uh, you tend to sing about it here from time to time. You got uh, your single coming out at the end of the month. That's uh, March 31st. God bless Quick Trip. Now you've been doing, uh, you know, playing music, singing songs for a long time. What uh, what came from the uh, the inspiration to kind of want to put a song together about your uh, your favorite convenience store gas station? Well, um, one day I remember when. I had my first um, Long John with the Reese's on it when you guys started throwing the candy and stuff on the Re- on the Long Johns. And that just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, what's next, man? These guys are, they never fail to impress. But uh, I wrote, or I had to take a picture of it and I put it on my Instagram and I just said, God bless Quick Trip. And my cousin, she was like, you need to write a song about Quick Trip. And I was like, you know what, as a Wisconsin country singer, I do, so... So how many of your songs are inspired by donuts? Just the one or is it uh, you got more? All, than just... all of them. Are. No, I'm kidding. No, just one the one the so far. Yeah. <laughs> um, just the one so far, man. It's uh, It's been a different type of song for me. It's more, a little more comedic, a little more silly. But one thing I think that's cool about, about country music is you can kind of go in a bunch of different directions, you know, um, as long as it's just the truth, you know, so right. you, got, you got some sad songs, you got drinking songs, dancing songs, and then you got some songs about uh, the simple pleasures in life, like quick trips. So like a long john with some Reese's pieces on top of it. Very cool. So amen. you're a Wisconsin guy through and through born in uh, Sauk City, just a little bit northwest of Madison there. Um, I can't help but notice that that's really, you know, not that close to Nashville, Tennessee. How did you get started with country music well so i grew up um pretty rural we kind of lived you know halfway in between sock city and spring green um so i kind of grew up country but i wasn't really into country music when i was younger um as much as i was into like hardcore punk and metal and and hard rock and stuff like that um but as i got older you know in my early 20s and stuff i just really started appreciating country music more I had gone to school, um, went to college, and I feel like I just kind of went to college to just, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do really with my life, but I was like, well, I'm just going to go to college and I'm going to figure it out. And um, ended up working for a, a couple of years in uh, the psychology field, actually. And um, doing that, I was like, man, this isn't it. This isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. And my parents and I, we took a trip down to Nashville when I was about 23. And I saw these kids just playing, um, playing in bars for tips and stuff. And I was like, man, that looks so fun. I want to try doing this on the side. And if it takes off, maybe this could be the career path for me. And then I'll just eventually keep writing my own songs and stuff. So here we are about six years later, seven years later. So, so 
you were able to kind of make the switch from it being a, a hobby into a career. I mean, that has to be sort of fulfilling and rewarding knowing that, you know, you get to spend your days doing only the thing you love, right? Absolutely, man. Um, and it was nice because when I was doing um, work full time during the day and stuff, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I that I did that for a while because now I really know that this is like what I want to do as opposed to like, yeah, I just was doing this all along and who knows whatever else could be out there. But I feel like um, working for a while in my earlier 20s and just being like, yeah, this ain't it. And then being able to kind of switch. That was uh, it was rewarding. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. And you kind of need some things to you know base your songs off of you know if you're singing about the nine to five grind and you've never done that you know it can come across yeah. maybe as disingenuous so now you got a rolodex there of memories that you can sort of build off of with with some of your songwriting right absolutely man very cool so uh you talk about uh you know i was reading your bio on your website it's kind of a, a hybrid between 1970s outlaw and early 90s neo country how did you come across that that musical styling and how your your experiences and your your vocals fit into that well i guess it's just like i like what makes country unique which is you know the twang and the and the fiddle and the steel guitars and stuff and um i feel like in the 70s you had guys like uh waylon jennings and and david allen Coe and and all these different guys that were just like unapologetically country and then the 80s, you know, I don't mean to skip the 80s either because there's always been good country artists in, in every decade. But for some reason, like the early 90s really stands out too, to a point where guys were just um, going a lot more of the traditional aspects of country seem to be popular again. Um, so those seem to be, yeah, some of the areas that really just nail it on the head for me, I guess. So was it? Alan Jackson and George Strait that you were listening to in your car in high school, or you kind of talked about that you were sort of a punk rock, you know, mm -hmm. experimenter as well. What was, what was in your car as you were driving around as 16, 17 year old? Man, what I would hear like Alan Jackson and George Strait, maybe by accident on the radio. But when I was like 16 or 17, I was, uh, I was jamming like screamo music, like <laughs> under oath, the devil is Prada. If people even know who they are, it's, that type of stuff so sure oh i've been to Summerfest. i i know what some of those those bands are all about so you'd, you'd walk by the the scary stage you'd be like geez what's going on over there but then at some point just the the twang of the country music just brought you back to the the acoustic guitar yeah yeah so i had played acoustic and sang a decent amount here and there when i was in high school and then um after playing like the heavier stuff i just played lead guitar in a band for a while and then I was like, man, I really want to get back to singing and playing acoustic. And, you know, I grew up in the country. Country's getting cooler and cooler as I'm getting into my early 20s. And then um, going to Nashville really just capped it off. And, yeah, it was just filled with inspiration. And I uh, now I've kind of tried to be like an encyclopedia. And I've studied like a bunch of country music from like the 50s to present. And now um, there's such a huge body of it, though, that you can never know it all, but um, yeah, now I've, I've listened to a, a great deal of it and I really love it. So, so how'd you learn to play guitar? Um, when I was little, I had um, a Honer acoustic guitar. I got it when I was probably like 
eight, I think. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing, dude. Like I didn't even, I didn't have it tuned correctly. I would like adjust the tuning so that it would be at the right pitch for a song. So if I was going to play like smoke on the water, I would literally play it on all different strings. Like one string would be dirt. And then the next one, dirt, dirt. And I would like adjust the tuning. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but, I, but I had, um, I could kind of play by ear. Like I, I at least knew like to adjust the pitches to hit the right note and stuff like that. And then I started, you know, fretting a little bit while wow, I'm really taking this, like the, every, every step of it, but, sure. <laughs> but, um, fast forward, I, I had some DVDs and stuff, um, like how to play in the style of Jimi Hendrix. I had one, how to play in the style of Angus Young from ECD, sure. ACDC and just, uh, printing out a boatload of guitar tabs. Wow. So just sort of playing around with the strings, a few DVDs, maybe a YouTube video here and there, and you sort of mm -hmm. kind of develop your, your sort of style along the way. Yeah, man. Just kind of messed around for years and years. I've been playing since I was about, I guess the first couple of years, I didn't really touch it much, but I, I would say I probably started about 10 or 11. So very cool. So here you are, what, 20 years later, you're touring Wisconsin seemingly every weekend, you know, going to different, uh, different corners of the state, different types of venues. I mean, it's, what's the touring life been like for you over the past few years? Well, I eat a lot of quick trip, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to really spread out and just get everywhere. Um, but in the first few years, the best thing you can do is just play get your chops up, play every single bar, start to get more and more fairs and festivals, start to open for national acts. So uh, looking into our summer here, this is like our fifth summer doing it. And um, yeah, we got some really neat fests and stuff. Some of the bigger shows. The funny, funny thing about Wisconsin is like, you're pretty much playing in the bars nine months out of the year. And then they cram all the, the big festivals and all the outdoor stuff into June, July, August. So um, you try to get as many big, cool shows during the summer as you can and it gets better every year so this year is looking looking pretty cool but you certainly don't want to knock events like the crawfish junction stinky cheese days you got coming up right <laughs> hey man that's gonna be a blast we did that uh last year too they're great people and i love cheese too so i mean it's it's all good <laughs> so how do you go about filling your filling your schedule are you talking to all of these uh, different venues individually or kind of how do you go about building uh, you know your your tour of Wisconsin and the Midwest here um when I first started I did a lot of I tried to play like open mics if a place would have like an open mic that would be a great way to just have a face-to-face -face connection and, and get a show there um, but after doing that you you build more connections and people reach out through Facebook or through email or through your website um, so that's how most of them come nowadays, but, uh, definitely started with, um, sending out a lot of emails, you know, sometimes it would just be a crappy video of me on my phone playing in my bedroom or something, but I, eventually we've gotten some decent promo material out there and, uh, yeah, I don't, I find the cold calling thing and like emailing is it's tough. Um, it's got a really low success rate, but sure. Um, the biggest thing is just connections, I feel like, in word of mouth. And then I would imagine once those calls start coming to you, you start feeling pretty good about making your name here, right? Absolutely, man. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So you've got, um, you know, 
tons of quick trips that you stopped at tons of different players or places that you've been to are there certain you know parts of wisconsin that stand out as some of your favorites like are you a lacrosse guy are you a door county guy do you like the southwest corner of the state what are some of your favorite places in wisconsin to go to well it's it's so nice because it seems like they're everywhere sure um i was amazed when i went up to lacrosse with my fiance uh a year or two ago and that's actually where i got my quick trip hat and i was like my goodness this is a cool hat for nine dollars and 99 cents man um so yeah, any anywhere where there's a lot of quick trips, you know, I'm I'm a happy guy. So lacrosse, I, I might that might be my uh, place to move to in the future. But <laughs> uh, we're we're tripping over them on this side of the state. Yeah, we're, we're happy yeah. to have them on every corner. But uh, as far as playing different types of venues, you know, dive bars, grandstands, state fairs. I mean, what's kind of the difference in what you're trying to do on stage when there's you know 20 people in an audience or 2,000 people in an audience? Well, everybody always says they're like, you know, you should play the same in front of three people as you would in front of 3000. But um, I think there's kind of a, a beauty about some of those shows where you're in a bar mm-hmm. and there's just, uh, you know, 20 people in there or something like that. And it almost feels like you can sit around and just take requests like you're sitting around a campfire or something. And I don't think there's any shame in like that type of set being a little different than your show where you're playing at a, on a big grandstand in front of a couple thousand people or something. Um and yeah, you know, we play a bigger show, especially the full band stuff in general, even if it's um, in a bar and stuff, we usually have a more scripted set for the full band. And um, there's going to be just a little, maybe a little less crowd interaction. Whereas if I'm playing a solo acoustic show in a corner of a bar, you know, I, I might be chatting with darn near everybody in the place. But uh, right. um, so, yeah, they both like I really love the the cool opportunities to play like the bigger stuff um, because, you know, that's just, that's every musician's dream. And uh, you get in front of so many more people, you feel like a rock star being on a big stage. Usually the sound is a little better, but um, I still think there's something to be said about playing in the, in the corner of a little dive bar, you know, those, some of my funnest shows have been that way too. I can certainly imagine. And one of the things that I keep reading um, in some of your reviews is uh, energy. The, the energy that you bring to a stage kind of what are you able to do to connect with an audience with, with the energy and how do you, how do you try to bring that to whatever stage that you're on? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily like, cause when I think of energy, I think of like guys who are running around doing like backflips or something like that. <laughs> I don't, sure. I don't do anything crazy like that. I think it's more like an interaction, like, um, just being open to, you know, looking the crowd in the eye and, and just interacting with them, whether it be, like I said, in a smaller, a smaller show, like we literally may have a little bit of a conversation going on. Um, or if it's a bigger show, you know, just being willing to, uh, read the crowd and, uh, you know, make sure you, you're there for them, you know, you're there to serve them with a good time and, you know, ask them how they're doing and stuff like that. Um, I think it's more an interaction than it is energy and you can get by with a lot less energy if you interact with them. Um, whereas if you're not interacting, you might almost feel like you have to, um, go crazy and run around and, uh, and do all that stuff too. And there's nothing wrong with that either, but, uh, I don't think we're really that kind of band either. Sure. So before you put the you know guitar strap over your shoulder to head out on stage, what what are your pre-show 
routines, superstitions, traditions? What do you like to do right before you take the stage? Well, aside from, I always do my vocal warmups. Um, but aside from that, what I've been noticing is if I go to Quick Chip and I get the Starbucks double shot coffee drink, that helps me, that gets me going. Or the Mountain Dew energy i always want to call them mountain dew rise but i guess they're a mountain dew energy now mm-hmm. but those those get me going man i swear every time i drink one of those before a show i end up like woo it's gonna be a good night baby <laughs> and then do you have a, a quick trip meal that you like to hit on your way out of town after a show oh man it, it varies by the night but and i've been saying this a lot to people lately but uh I tend to be a sucker for those, that three pack of Persian donuts, man, at the end of the night. And I try to make them last at least a day, but let's just say depends on the night. So <laughs> if they got the Reese's pieces on them, hitting them the right way. Oh God. It's so good. It's naughty, man. Right. So <laughs> you're on stage. You have, you have lots of, um, music that you've recorded yourself you know i was listening just to the your better buzz song uh before we came on here we talked about god bless quick trip coming out you know a lot of songs that you've you know poured your heart into writing and recording but what are those cover songs that that really are your favorite to play you know i was listening to one of you play copperhead road you know i think that fits Mm -hmm. your your vocal styling very well um what are those that you know you pick up that you know that the audience is going to connect with and because you love playing it so much yeah man i um some of them are are standards that you know you're going to play it and a lot of people are going to know and you're going to get some people dancing and that's a great time and then on the other hand i'll try to throw in like more like hidden gems or deep cuts and stuff and and those are like they connect in a way different way they connect almost more like you know a lot of people might be like oh i don't know this song so i'm not going to pay a lot of attention but then you might find that one person that comes up to you after the show and is like dude i haven't heard a band play that song ever and like that was super cool you guys did that song and that that to me is super cool but uh i, I like to balance it both you know you, you do the standards and then you throw in something really kind of unexpected or a hidden gem or something like that so so i would imagine it's tough to know how to play and sing you know every country song from the last 40 years so <laughs> when you get a request that you don't know and then you're like oh i wish i knew that like do you try to learn it right away so that the next night you could play it if you need to or what are those interactions like when you when you maybe just don't know how to play that song in full yeah i think like the first couple years um a lot of times i would try to remember remember requests and you know at least throw them on my on my spotify and hear them and if i like them then i would learn them um and at this point though i I haven't been learning as many new songs um every now and then if i've heard something uh, a few times and i'm like dang you know that that really would fit the bill um then i'll sit down and, and try to learn it and yeah but i i'm a little more picky now i guess is what i'm saying but sure the biggest thing for me is um i guess i never wanted to be just the guy who's gonna learn make everybody happy i'd rather like be a little more a little more like uh, honesty in, in the musical taste and the integrity and just try to play what I really love, I guess. And I think that goes a long way. Sure. And your music that you, you wrote and recorded uh, that trip you took down to Nashville, can you kind of take me through that? You know, how does that come to be? What do you 
gained from actually going down there to record? I mean, you know, you've heard of artists making that trip before, but what was it like for you in particular? Um, I think the biggest thing is that you go down there and you're working with producers and session players that have worked on somebody like your favorite hit records and stuff like that, at least the, the players usually. Um, and that just helps nail the sound. If you're, if you're going for, you know, a certain sound, like I really, like we mentioned earlier, I love the, like the nineties country. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those guys that played on those sessions are still playing every week on songs. Um, so getting to play with like, uh, Alan Jackson's guitar player who played on all his stuff, Brent Mason. Um, he played on my last couple singles, my last four singles. The next two are still coming out. One of them being God bless quick trip. Um, but yeah, getting to work in, in the room with those guys is super special. Um, and then when I'm down there, just being able to, after I'm done in the studio during the day, go out and watch some, uh, live music is always inspiring as well. So, but yeah, a big thing for me is just the product of my original music. I love, um, well, I think it's important to put, put that extra little bit of money into your product. Cause once it's out, it's out and it's tough to beat the production quality you get down there, I guess. For country, so it's a little spendy, but you get what you pay for by going down there. I think so too, and and it gives me an excuse for a little fun vacation too. Sure. And I've been down there about fifteen times now, but it's wow. it's a good it's a good time, man. Interesting. So, is that something that it's going to be just hopefully a recurring part of your music career? That you know, anytime you want to put down some new music, work on a new album, that you'll be heading down to Nashville to to work on that. I think so, man. I just recorded one up in Minnesota okay. um, for the first time. Me and, and the producer, we just kind of hit it off. And I was like, well, I got to come up here anyway to play a couple shows. So, um, But we've actually been using some of the same players. They've been recording it at their studios in their houses, um, like the guitar parts and stuff like that. So we've been bouncing the stuff back and forth that way. Um, but I think, yeah, going down to Nashville, I think it's going to be something that I continue to do for for making original music and there's something about recording there but being able to still live here in wisconsin and um being able to bring the original music with that kind of flavor where you kind of meet in the middle where it's wisconsin born and raised but it's also um got a nashville sound sort of um and that's just kind of been something that i think that's helped me stand out a little bit because there's not and I might be wrong here. There's not a ton of country music singers that originated here in, in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. There, there isn't a ton, man. Like, um, and I used to always just think, well, if you're not below the Mason Dixon line, you, you can't sing country, but then I start, I've kept finding more and more and even Canada surprisingly has a quite a bit. And, um, yeah, I think we're due, man. I, there's one guy, uh, <laughs> there's one guy, Josh Thompson who came uh -huh. out of here I, I want to say he moved to Nashville in like 2007. He had um, some songs like uh, Cold Beer with Your Name on it, Way Out Here, um, Blame It on Waylon. He had some some pretty good hits, but now he does more songwriting. So he'll write songs that guys like Jason L. Dean or Blake Shelton will cut. And then he gets, I'm sure he gets paid a, a good chunk of change off that stuff. But I think he still lives down that way. So you're you're writing your own songs for the most part right now? Yeah. Um, God bless quick trip. That'll be my 10th song that I, that I put out. And, um, 
it's not that I'm not open to cutting other people's songs or sure. or doing you know more co-writes and stuff but so far it's just kind of naturally been it's just felt good um to kind of like put out my own story I guess and and write my own songs but I think in the future there will be a little bit more co-writes and I think there'll be you know I might even cut some songs that other people wrote because that's surprisingly super common for country singers usually you almost have to choose a lane like you're either going to be a songwriter or a singer and you got to work on that um and there's not a whole lot of them that do both hmm. but there is there is some you know and like laney wilson i was just listening to a, a podcast where she was talking about how when she first came to town somebody was telling her like are you gonna be a singer or a songwriter you can't do both and but she always kind of stuck to her her guns and she uh does both and she's doing pretty dang good so i mean i, w- I would say so yeah man there's always the exceptions so what is that songwriting process for you you know you you eat that donut with the reese's on top and you, you get the idea from instagram how long does it take you to put a song together does stuff like that start to flow pretty quickly and you're able to put down the verses and the chorus and kind of everything does it kind of come together in your head quickly or is it something that takes a while to sort of perfect the whole process well, I would say like every song is a little different. Um, like God Bless Quick Trip, I just had the idea. Well, I literally wrote God Bless Quick Trip at my story and I was like, all right, that could be a song title. And my sure. cousin had mentioned that. I should, and I was like, well, that's going to be the title. And then um, I think it was that day I sat down and just started messing around with like, uh, the first thing I thought of was like the chorus and I was thinking like, yeah, I'll take the Angus cheeseburgers. And I was kind of just like throwing out different things. I love, you know, at quick trip. Um, but I didn't sit down to write the verse for like another year or two, or I think it was a year and a half. Um, Cause I always had the idea and I'm like, this is, this song is going to be, I think it could be a breakout song for me, but I almost want to like have a little more experience in this business before I put it out. Um, Cause I didn't want to just put it out and, have it be uploaded to Spotify and, and see what happens. I wanted to have a little more business sense before putting it out. And um, I, you know, let some time go by. I learned a few things and now, yeah, sat down and finally wrote the verses. And uh, yeah, um, some of them I've talked to like buddies of mine where I've been like, what do you think would be a cool theme for this verse? I talked to my dad and uh, a couple of them too. Sure. Um, and but my favorite usually is when I'm just like, it'll usually be when I'm driving and I'll just be thinking and then I'll have like a certain thought that just seems like, I don't know if I would say it doesn't have to be like an epiphany, but just a thought that's kind of unique. And I'll be like, yeah, you know what, that could be that could be a song. And sometimes it just starts as one line and then you have to sit down someday and like pound it out. Um, so, yeah, they're all kind of different, though. I sure. Guess. A little nugget or kernel somewhere that eventually you have to unfold into something bigger. Yeah, that's what it is. A little nugget that um, is an idea and something like, like better buzzed, for instance, Um, you know, it sounds just like another drink and stuff, but really the idea was like, you have a few beers and it kind of changes your whole scope of the world. (laughs) Like everything's just looking a little better when I'm buzzed. So that was kind of the nugget of that one. So it's an example. (laughs) Ain't that the truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, in your uh god bless quick trip song you mention a, a certain item on our roller grill um many people call it a tornado like you call it in the song but are mm-hmm. you aware of the controversy of people pronouncing it tornado versus tornado 
You know, I didn't know there was a controversy. I have heard people pronounce it both ways. Do people get they get hyped up on that? I, I don't know if it's more of like an internal quick trip thing here, but like almost mm-hmm. everybody at HQ here calls it a tornado. And oh, we even had no. our food service director on the podcast, and he said he calls it a tornado. And I'm inclined to go the other way because it's literally like what a whirlwind of flavor, and there's like a cyclone on the wrapper. <laughs> And so, <laughs> yeah, I think you can go either way, but just want to let you know, there is a little controversy on how that's actually pronounced. Man, is that why they didn't want to play my song for a while? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, do I don't a- know about this. <laughs> we do have it uh, uh, coming on the in-store radio. Uh, I know here soon. And uh, like you mentioned, it's coming out here uh, at the end of the month. What? Uh, so it's going to be released on Spotify. Kind of what's the release plan for the, for the God Blessed Quick Trip single? Yeah, there's going to be a couple more teaser videos that I filmed for it. Um, and then on the 31st, it'll go live. I think it goes live like either at midnight or at like 3 a.m. or something. But it should be up, you know, when you wake up Friday morning. It'll be on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all the all the main ones. It's all like one big, big bundle. Um, and I guess if rumor is right, it's going to be played in the in-store radio and quick trip as well. Uh, starting the 24th, some, somewhere around there, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I uh, have it on pretty good authority that uh, that will be the case. So Woo! if you pop into quick trip at the right time, it, uh, it might be Dan Lapine that you hear on our, on our speakers there. So that makes me happy, man. That's a, that's a big career goal. I don't know. I'm, my biggest uh, struggle after that is going to be how do I stay motivated? Because it's like I already <laughs> achieved what I wanted to achieve. So, so it's like Grammy Award getting played on the Quick Trip, yeah, or radio, right? Yeah, that. man. Like, I don't need a Grammy. I'm good, dude. <laughs> so, um, to kind of prove how big of a fan of Quick Trip you are, got a, another debate I want you to weigh in on. Are you on Team Green Cap? Or team brown cap. Oh boy, what does that mean? Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. The chocolate milk. The, the green chocolate cap, milk, dude. The green, green cap is the the light version, the diet, if you call it. And oh, then the brown God. cap is is the diesel, brown. the fully leaded diesel. <laughs> well, I would definitely be brown. You know, I, I've been sleeping on the chocolate milk, dude, because like everybody who's been talking about um their favorite items because i posted a thing the other day i'm like what's your favorite item mm-hmm. and a lot of people have been mentioning chocolate milk and it makes me realize how much i live in my little box dude and i there's always more items at quick chip to try yeah and i thought that i was covering a good amount of them in in like the song but i've had so much so many messages coming in oh you didn't mention this i like these and one of the biggest things i left out was the chicken sandwiches man and i I just, uh, I'm going to have to make a third verse, I think. But a sequel, a remix. I mean, yeah. But man, I, like I said, the, the Mountain Dew energy drinks, the Starbucks double shots, the Karuba coffee. Um, and a lot of times I just go in there for a water. Um, sometimes it's uh, the cranberry juice that's good on your throat mm-hmm. uh, before singing. Um, the chocolate milk, it's been years, but I, I have had the chocolate milk. The nature's touch struggle milk, but it's yeah. been years, man. Um, well, if you're putting out three more, versions at a time, you should probably mix in a chocolate milk to help wash it down. That would be better than like a Mountain Dew Rise, I think. Yeah, depends on that's the time. Just of a day. sugar overload. Yes, that's true. That's true. Sure. 
So if you were stranded on a desert island and you were allowed to bring the discography from one artist and one quick trip food item, whose music are you listening to and what are you going to be eating while you're jamming out? I dig it. Well, the music one I got to think about right away. I'm thinking about the breakfast burger. Because it's like you get a little breakfast. It's versatile. Yeah, Yeah, man. You get a little breakfast, get a little lunch, dinner, and it's just, it's fabulous. So going with the breakfast burger. Um, I think I would go with, I'll go with George Strait. He's got a big, big catalog. It's good, straight up, real deal, traditional country music, man. You can't go wrong. I mean, it's the king. You can't. He's the king. Yes, sir. Can't argue with that. So 2022 was a good year for you, but uh, looks like 2023 shaping up to maybe be even better. I mean, you got your quick trip song. You're getting married. Yes, sir. And so that's kind of all coming here in the next couple of months. What? What's? How are you going to top that in the second half of 2023? Man, I'm going to have to stay married, first <laughs> of all. <laughs> I got another... Um, and I got another single coming out, um, probably a couple months after the Quick Trip one, um, and a lot of fun shows this summer. It's been it's been cool because this is the first summer where I kind of felt like I knew a little more about what I was doing with um, my planning and my booking. So like in previous years, I kind of just would take every gig that was offered to me. I'd play a lot of bars in the summer, but kind of like what I was mentioning earlier, where you got to really use that time to do like the festivals and stuff. So I've just been kind of patient and we've ended up getting some cool offers. You know, it's mid March right now, so we might still have some more stuff to announce. And uh, we got some really cool shows this summer and going on a honeymoon in May. We're going on a, it's the first time I'll ever be going on a cruise. Nice. So we've got West Caribbean cruise. That'll be cool. It's uh, all inclusive. I believe. That's how to do it. Yeah, man. So looking forward to that. Well, very cool. We are looking forward to that in-store radio. God bless yes, Quick sir. Trip. Going to be on uh, a Quick Trip speaker near you. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all the good places, YouTube, on the 31st of March. And very, very uh, curious and very you know excited to see uh, where your career takes you. So Dan Lapine, thank you for joining us, and uh, good luck with everything coming up your way in 2023. Oh, thanks so much, Chris. Uh, It was fun, dude, and and God bless you guys. Thanks, Dan, and (laughs) we'll see you next time. All right, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the QuickCast. Hey, we'll see you next time. 